Hello, Peter and Harry. This is a response to your call to action on some happy news. During the pandemic, apart from checking in on family and friends, I've managed to achieve a long-time ambition, and that is to write a book, a non-fiction account of the Beatles and their vast connections to Canada. Anyway, thanks for asking. Hope you guys are well and safe and continue doing what you're doing. You're listening to The Sill Podcast with Peter Noche and Harry Posner. Episode 140, PH Factor, Silver Linings, The Bright Side of COVID. Well, Harry, here we are closing out another year with our final podcast of 2020 and our 140th episode since we began in July of 2017. On a personal note, at the risk of sounding insensitive or appearing to be removed from events that have virtually engulfed us all in one way or another, it seems the longer this calamity continues, the more empowered or pumped up I feel to maybe affect some changes. You're getting pumped up. Now, why is that? Tell me why. Where is this positivity coming from suddenly? It's like a lifetime of thinking about so many things, and now they're coming to fruition. What things? Things that I've believed since I was a young teenager, in terms of how I saw society, how I saw wealth disparity. From the first job I had working on a golf course at the age of 12, and a couple of summers that I spent working on a farm, Mm -hmm. and working, being very young, of course, observing around me who was in charge and how money was being distributed and Mm -hmm. how much work I was doing for so little return. Right. My thinking began then on some level and being a son of an immigrant. I thought you were going to say son of a bitch. (laughs) That's all I Well, some people think that as well. I observed uh, growing up, uh, my aunts and uncles being the eldest of 29 cousins here and in Italy, I had a first-hand look at a lot of the family that was beginning Mm-hmm. back in the late 50s, early 60s, on an ongoing basis. I saw my aunts, my uncles, some of which weren't even married at the time because my parents were the opening act. They were the first to be married in the family right? because they were also the oldest, as my sister and I were the eldest children. So how does that relate to what you're feeling now, being pumped in this difficult time? This COVID situation, which is primarily what we're going to be talking about in one form or another, it's exposed all these things. On a very big scale, okay. not only personally, but institutionally. And it's not that I have anything against people earning different amounts of money for different things. Of course, some things are of greater value or they're harder to achieve. If a person spends eight or 10 years studying and spending all kinds of money acquiring skills, they should be compensated. I'm not disputing any of that. Right. What was difficult to grasp was the level of disparity, not the disparity. Okay. Specifically. But also distribution within the entire hierarchical situation in a society. So what I seem to be hearing from you is not just that it has exposed these problems that are endemic Mm. to society, but it has allowed us to see them in a new light and to begin to try to redress some of these issues, these problems. Exactly. So that's the positive. The whole thing we're doing with this podcast today is looking at the positive that has emerged in the past year through the year of COVID. Mm -hmm. And we put out a call 
for people to send in their positive comments what's been positive for them. We have a whole list of statements and some of them are single statements, some of them are paragraphs we're gonna share with you. But let's start with, Peter, you talking a bit about how this podcast has grown over the last year because it has seems to have grown in leaps and bounds. Specifically this fourth year. Yeah. Just to give you a quick overview. So the first year from July, 2017 to July, 2018, we averaged 22 downloads a podcast. Mm-hmm. The second year, again, so it was from July to July, we jumped up to 46. In year three, to 158. Mm -hmm. And so far, just a little over five months into year four, we're averaging nearly 400 downloads per podcast. So if you consider from year one to year four, that's almost a 20-fold increase. Not that it would be difficult to go 20 times when you're starting so low, but... Yeah, a bit like a viral surge in positive uh, feedback, <laughs> if you ask me. I don't think it's necessarily just the podcast. I think it's the fact that we have so many, that we've done so many. And uh, because what I find interesting when I look at the statistics, a lot of that rise in numbers has also come from people accessing previous podcasts. Yeah, and has there been a rise in podcast listening over this period of time where people have been quarantined and kept close indoors? Yes, there has, but not substantially. The growth has come primarily from the interest in podcasts in general. So when we began in 2017, which is just four years ago, it's almost doubled since then mm -hmm. in terms of the uh, listenership. But remember, too, that it's expanding all over the world. It's not limited just to North America. This was primarily for the first few years say the 205 to 212 period, it was primarily North America. Yeah, and so we're now represented in Asian markets Definitely. As, a, as an entity. Mm -hmm. And one of our podcasts in particular... One of the podcasts, music-related podcasts, it's primarily from India, and that's where a lot of our growth has come in recent weeks, the Indian market. And now India is exploding in listenership for audio in general, but music and podcasting specifically. And the particular podcast that shot to the very top was something like, was it 1,800 downloads? We're, we're approaching 1,900 no, downloads 1900 now. 1,900 is, is No yeah. Je Ne Regrette Rien, which is all about... Edith Piaf. Edith Piaf, yeah. which is one of my fond memories in terms of our podcasts in the last year, yes. for sure. Right. I mean, I really felt close to that. And podcast. some of our other transcendent tunes, because that was a transcendent tune, yep. they're also picking up, not as rapidly, yeah. but they are picking up significantly. Right, so we're approaching 12,000? Oh, we're well over 12,000 now. Downloads. We will have reached uh, in excess of 13,000 before 2020 is out. Okay, small onions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Almost half of that has come in the last year. Yeah, that's really interesting. Wow. Approximately 5,000 of our 13,000 since July of this year. Right, right. And speaking of COVID, we've given it a fair bit of attention, quite naturally. Well, we've done two podcasts on it already months ago. I can't remember the episodes. Yeah, and the first of those two was a kind of a three-parter. We did it over three days. That's right. We had three conversations over three days. If you go back and listen to those podcasts, which were March-April timeframe, mm -hmm. it's interesting to me how much we kind of already predicted in terms of what we're experiencing right now. That's true. TSP 121, pH factor, tragedy or opportunity. Right. And then 122 was COVID-19, what is a life worth? And check the dates on those. Yeah, March and April. Right, so it was really at the beginning. Just the beginning of the lockdown. In fact, if I recall, on one of those podcasts, we mentioned that we were recording it on the day that the U.S. reached one million cases. That's right. 
it will reach 16 million by the end of today. Right. And then the week after that, or the next episode after that, was a time trek. And it was entitled, What a Difference a Year Makes. Correct. And we imagined a year later and talking backwards about what was going to happen through this year. And I think a lot of it has come true in a way, including people working at home mm -hmm. now on a regular basis and probably going to be staying at home mm -hmm. beyond COVID. What's the specific podcast? 123, Time Trek, What a Difference a Year Makes. And the date on that? April 26, 2020. So on April 26th of this year, we actually projected a year ahead right. as if we were in April of 2021. Exactly. I wanted to clarify that in case anyone yeah. wants to check it out. And one of the things I remember suggesting that had happened, so to speak, in the previous year was that we had begun to assemble councils of elders in various communities to offer wise advice and mm -hmm. counsel about the issues of the day and the problems that we face in our communities, etc. I still think it's a good idea. It hasn't happened yet, but uh -huh. I still think it's a good idea. Right now, that's... Part of the big issue, isn't it? Community. Community has been a huge issue, and the disruption in community has been a huge issue mm -hmm. for many, many people. On the other hand, there are lots of people who have found positive ways of coping with that disruption, of being forced to be at home, etc., etc., etc. So I'm just going to give you some random, sure. not no names, just some statements. I successfully started my online business as a spiritual life coach and quit my nine to five job. Mm. That's kind of really typical in a way of people finding the online resources. And from your point of view, as a technical specialist, so to speak, mm. that has to be heartening. People are learning more about how to negotiate the technological world, the online world, to do their work, mm -hmm. to stay in contact with friends and family, and to create things, to create ideas, etc. So that was interesting. Oh, here's one. I met my partner at a meditation retreat in February, and now we are starting a beautiful life together. So through this year, people coming together, mm -hmm. relationships forming, and relationships clarifying through the year. Because as we've talked about before, it's been a major adjustment in terms of how spouses and partners are relating to each other and what we've learned about each other mm -hmm. through the process, pros and cons. So that's been a major thing and a very helpful thing in a way to clarify. And I want to add something in there that may not be perceived as a positive. Yeah. So there you're talking about the obvious, where people have engaged in new lives, begun relationships, they flourished, and so on. Mm -hmm. I would also state that perhaps the opposite of that, which may appear negative, and perhaps initially it is because of the emotional discomfort or pain that people experience, mm -hmm. but maybe even relationships that aren't working out that way, they're working in the opposite direction, that are either breaking up or they're reconsidering or restating their positions. Yeah. It's not necessarily negative. No, 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 it isn't. Yeah, I mean, that clarification is, as you just said, it can be very good. It can be the right thing. Even if now, it results in people going their separate ways. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Which is a bit of a challenge yes, these of days course. when mobility is restricted. But it's important to know that your relationship is strong or needs to change. Right. So change has been a real critical thing. Here's another one. Deliriously happy. I have been training for this my whole life. Hold up with paint and canvas, full fridge and liquor cabinet, baking and cooking. It's completely glorious. Mm. So that's really as positive as you can get. Right? Some people almost needed an excuse 
to go to the things they've always wanted to do because yeah. there have always been things that have kept them from doing certain things. Yep. And even, for example, I know this has happened to a few people. If you happen to be an individual who took part in a lot of social events that you didn't necessarily want to partake in, but because you're part of a relationship or part of a family circle, yep. you participate because really you stick out like a sore thumb if you don't do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now suddenly <laughs> you're sitting there and you don't need an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> All you antisocial types are delirious. Well, again, I, I don't necessarily <laughs> think you're completely antisocial, but you may be doing things. You know, a lot of people do do things out of guilt yep. and out of social expectation. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference between doing something because you feel part of it and want to participate and then doing things just because you're going through the motions to keep everybody happy. Sure. Right? Yeah. And somewhere, of course, most of us are somewhere in the middle between those two points. Mm-hmm. But now, as I said, for those individuals who felt that way, and of course, the opposite is happening to the ones who are extremely social, because suddenly... That's where the challenge comes in for people like me who rely right. on social interaction in the community, whose creativity also relies on assembling people together for poetry, readings, festivals, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's been a major challenge. And for me, what I've done to cope is essentially just kind of buckle down with my writing. And so, for example, here's another response. Finished a new book of poetry and time for myself right? Mm. More bugs, more birds, more time outside. It's been great. Living in a community on a farm, I'm very lucky. More time to write, more time to myself. Mm -hmm. You know, finish a new book. So, you know, I finished two books essentially this year and been online doing Zoom poetry readings, hosting events. And by the way, since you mentioned that, I, I just wanted to interject for a second and tell people that one of the books that you've completed, we also did a complete audio book on. That's right. That was this year. Peggy Lee's Delicious Lips. That's right. Yeah. So uh, lots of good uh, creative projects, because the time was there, got done. Now, partly for me, too, is I was actually, in a sense, forced to retire early this year from my job Mm. because of COVID and because of respect for my family's wishes and their concern for their safety. I left my job and retired early. So that gave me tons of time that I suddenly had on my hands. So the challenge for me was, how do I develop a certain kind of discipline within that amorphous time ocean Mm. to be able to create and produce stuff? And Perry says, retired early at the very young age of 69. (laughs) Going on 70 soon enough. Here's an interesting one. Some of the positives that people are pointing at are what we've learned through this time of trial. For example, we've learned that dogs can be used to diagnose COVID. Mm -hmm. It takes them roughly half a second to sniff out Mm -hmm. COVID and to diagnose it, which is really pretty quick when you think about it. Right. It's used to also diagnose breast cancer, dogs, Mm -hmm. and other kinds of illnesses, which is fascinating. So we're learning more about our world and what the world that we live in is capable of, which is really interesting. Carry on. This is not unlike what happens during wartime, where everything is accelerated out of necessity. Mm -hmm. Technology speeds up. And I would also suggest that this is a very important consideration from a political and social perspective. So we've learned just how quickly governments can act 
Yep. When things are on the line. Right. It's going to be very, very difficult to hear the same old lame excuses about not having money or not this and that as a reason to do certain things. Sure. I mean, the vaccine, it's here in record time because the will was there and the resources were put there. So when the world wants to do something, it can do it. Right. right? A vaccine which remains questionable. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. Right. You know, there are positive things being said about it. We have to assess it when it hits the ground running. And it's right. just doing that now, as a exactly. matter of fact, right? The other thing that's positive that people have talked about is getting out into nature more. People have got out of their houses mm -hmm. and gone into nature because, in a way, it's safer outside. And people have been encouraged to do that, get exercise, etc. So one of the listeners says, we could hear the birds singing all day. There was less noise, less pollution, and the chance to enjoy nature. We were able to have a good clear out as well. Time to read and draw with our son. People spending time with family in nature and appreciating the world we live in. Absolutely. One of the things I find interesting about some of these things that you're mentioning right now. Yeah. They're not linked to dollars. That's right. That's right. We've yeah. really learned to appreciate the significance of relationships, of family, friendships. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Appreciation. That's a big word this year. Frontline workers. Make big love to frontline workers and totally right that they should be acknowledged. Also, though, you have acknowledgement and appreciation of the cashier at the grocery store. Exactly. Who is there day in and day out, mask on shield on, whatever it is, plexiglass, but they're there mingling, so to speak, with hundreds of people every day. Which also highlights yep. the wealth disparity. Yeah. So how do you classify, how do you value that person who's providing that particular service, who during these times, much more noticeable and much more important in many ways? Yeah. Well, I know that one of the grocery chains increased their wages. Mm-hmm and then kind of rolled them back. But there's this push towards really giving them a better life in a way because of what they're doing now. Mm -hmm. And also the whole idea of the universal basic income has really popped up in big time. Which you and I support. Yes, absolutely. I think they began it in some experimental way in Spain, I think, already. In fact, in one of our podcasts, we had Andrew Welch yes. on our podcast who gave a beautiful eight-minute segment on... Right. His view of UBI, its significance and its importance. Yeah. The CERB, C-E-R-B, that the Canadian government instituted, which in a sense is like a UBI, mm -hmm. right? It's in a way an experiment that could be translated into something like a UBI if people push for it enough. And I know there are organizations that are specifically pushing lobby groups yes. for UBI here in Canada. So... I think that would be an extremely positive development if it were created. Yes, and even when you're talking about wealth inequality, yep. I think we've also gained a general appreciation, most of us, if not all of us, as to how important it is for all of us to be doing well. Yes, yeah, everybody wins. Let me just read you one that's a bit lengthier. And this is one I found on Facebook. So it wasn't one that I asked for, but I found it and I thought, boy, this is beautifully mm -hmm. expressed. Listen to this. 
Personally, the lifestyle we've adopted since the COVID restrictions came into place has been the lifestyle I've always wanted to live. Less driving around to big box stores. Less dealing with the traffic of other people driving around to big box stores. Remembering how to cook on a budget. Starting to figure out how to grow some food. Increased value of self-reliance. Finding more local sources of basic supplies and food staples. Increased value of the ability to make new things from repurposed materials. More people discovering they can get more done without going to work. Many people finding out that they didn't really need to do most of the stuff they were doing anyway. People discovering, some for the first time, the simple joys of going for a walk or a bike ride. Less unnecessary crap being bought. Less unnecessary crap being thrown away. A return to the honest sociality of neighbors meeting in the street every evening. Families walking and riding bikes. Wandering into the woods. Exploring. Discovering things they never knew were a few hundred yards from their house. I could not imagine the horrors of living through all this in a major city, and I have every sympathy for those who have and great sorrow for everyone who has been lost to this disease. But I am also so grateful for the change it has brought to my life, grateful and impressed by the care our fellow human beings are showing for one another. And personally, I hope life never goes back to the way it was before. That's a pretty good summary. That's powerful. It is. And he's pointing at so many positives there especially people's care for each other. The growth of what's called care-mongering groups is really something wonderful. And while we're talking about caring, I'd also like to address the importance of health and wellness. Yeah. We have the situation right now with the vaccine prominent in the news every day. Yep. Many are seeing this as the miracle cure. Yeah. I personally (laughs) don't see it that way. I understand Mm -hmm. its significance. I hope it's successful and so on. Yeah. However... I'm a little perturbed that there's not more emphasis on issues involving people's general health and the importance of strengthening our immune systems. Sure, I hear that. On the other hand, the positive side of that, since we're going the positive direction, is that I've seen lots of, for example, videos on YouTube talking about the helpfulness of vitamin D, for example, in developing a strong immune system in terms of COVID-19, and zinc and other vitamins, etc. I sucked you in beautifully there, didn't I? You did. Carry on. (laughs) No, no, that's exactly what I wanted to hear. Yes, yeah. So that's an example of people now beginning to think about their health in a different way, to try to improve their diet, because what we're seeing around the world is that some of the places hardest hit by COVID are places where the population's general health is not very good. Lots of obesity, lots of diabetes, right. etc. The United States being one example. Mm-hmm. So people are looking at that and going, oh, maybe I should consider my health here. Where am I at in terms of my immune system? How can I strengthen it? How can I lead a, a healthier lifestyle in general? And when you're talking about care, that also extends to fiduciary care. Mm-hmm. Learning to save for a rainy day. This has been a real-life example of what happens when you don't have any backup plans. Yeah. My wife and I talk about it all the time. We've managed to do so much stuff on our little piece of heaven where we live, Mm -hmm. recreating a barn interior and building some paddocks for horses and doing all that stuff around the house that we just wouldn't have had time or the money to do. Because of all the money we saved this year from not driving around, not causing more pollution with our vehicles, et cetera, not traveling. Making your coffee at home every day instead of spending five, six, seven dollars a day. Exactly. I would have spent, I don't know, 
two to three hundred dollars a month just on lunches and coffee out in the community. Even on a small level. Yeah. Only a few dollars a day. Yeah, of course. You know, it really adds up. And so over the course of a year, you're saving thousands upon thousands of dollars and you put that towards the things you've always wanted to do. Right. And in line with that, don't you think that we've also kind of refocused on what's essential? Mm hmm. Sure. We've prioritized more. We've learned to appreciate the value of things that perhaps we didn't give time to before. Mm -hmm. And I find that it's also much easier to communicate with people and have them listen. Mm -hmm. In fact, there are some people who can't wait to get a call from someone in a sense. I mean, I'm I'm being light here, but the elderly especially Mm -hmm. who have been confined and cut off. Well, that's the other positive thing that we've taken a new look, a hard look at uh, long-term care facilities, how we treat our seniors, how we think about aging and hospitalization. There's been a whole revolution in the way we thought about hospitals now and Mm -hmm. how they operate and the efficiencies or inefficiencies in them and how to make them better, better treatments. In fact, apparently between March and now, December, Mm -hmm. the chances of dying of COVID in the hospital has dropped 85%. Right. Through all the treatments that have been discovered and created and brought in, mm-hmm. et cetera. Mm-hmm. So even though numbers seem to be surging these days in different parts of the world, including here, the treatments are getting much, much better. So the chances of dying of COVID are actually dropping overall. Mm-hmm. So that's a positive. You yes. We have to keep looking at the positive in this. Mm-hmm. And that the chances of dying of COVID, if you're under 70 and you're essentially healthy, are something like one in 500,000. Literally. Yes. And I think also, for example, understanding excesses, we've become more aware, even social media, for example, or media in general, we've become aware of the exaggerations. Yeah. I think we've rediscovered the importance of thinking for self. Absolutely. When all these people who are out there looking at the same charts and numbers that epidemiologists look at on a daily basis and Mm -hmm. thinking about them with some critical thinking in mind... And then holding politicians' feet to the fire Mm -hmm. for the decisions they make on our behalf, even though we're not doctors necessarily, but we can think. We can make critical uh, judgments, and it's empowered people in a certain respect. Absolutely. To learn for themselves. I think it activated what needs to be changed. And frankly, our generation needs to, in my opinion, step aside a little bit offer the experience and life wisdom, but give the youth the opportunity. Yeah. Because whether we give it to them or not, they're going to take it eventually. Sure, Sure, of course. Right? Because it's their world coming up. And thankfully, they've been spared, for the most part, the ravages of this disease. Maybe not a coincidence. So they're able to, (laughs) in a sense, witness from a safe distance, if you like, Mm -hmm. what happens to people when they're under deep stress. Mm -hmm. And so one of the positives is that we've really begun to understand that it's not just physical stress that is happening now, but the mental side of it has become really important suddenly. Mm -hmm. The stress that people are feeling, the anxiety, the suicide rates going up, and that's tragic. But the positive side is that we're understanding more deeply that every decision we make as an individual, as a government, as a society, mm-hmm. ripples out and affects people in all kinds of ways that we never thought of before. 
I also think it's bringing generations together, which to me has always been a major point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something that I feel very strongly about the importance of cross-generational experiences. Mm-hmm. where there's a respect and understanding for each other, where the older aren't going, oh, these youth, they have no idea what life was like. Yeah. And the young are saying to the elderly, well, they really don't know what's going on today. Yeah. And to me, that's how you make a community and ultimately a society stronger. Mm-hmm. You take the best parts of all and put them together. The youth have the energy and the strength. The elderly have the wisdom and the life experience. Yeah. Together, they strengthen. We all gain that way. I think so. And I think it's also becoming clear that we need to respect the elders in terms of their freedom to make their decisions. Yes. We we have seen restrictions on people who are older in long-term care, kind of imprisoning them behind a wall for their safety. Mm -hmm. No one has really asked them, do you really want this? Or would you prefer to be with your families during this time? And I think more and more people are seeing that we need to respect the elders' decisions because they're aware of the risks. I've read, and I'm sure you have as well, of many instances where some of these so-called elderly people, Mm -hmm. when asked, would actually choose to die earlier. Absolutely. And not give up. And spend time with their families. Yes. And not be isolated. Right. And die alone. Right. But we automatically assume that we've got to give everybody every second and every minute of whatever it is we think yeah. without, as you say, asking them what they want. That's right. And now beyond that, the other interesting thing that's positive, I feel, is that for a long time, the ideal has been a kind of global awareness. We talk about climate change as a global phenomenon. We talk about ecosystems as a global phenomenon, mm-hmm. pollution, all these things. Well, COVID is a global phenomenon as well. It's a pandemic. It's affecting the globe. So people have to think globally now, Mm -hmm. which is a good thing, and realize that the decisions we make here at the local level ripples out and affects the entire planet. So the restrictions, the lockdowns have resulted in, according to the United Nations, Mm -hmm. hundreds of millions of people facing into starvation and death by the end of the year, Mm -hmm. which is terrible. But at the same time, we've had to broaden our awareness now and broaden what it means to care for our fellow human beings and to go beyond our backyard and the local community and to realize we're part of the world Mm -hmm. community and we have to take other people into consideration in less developed nations, et cetera, whenever we make our decisions here. Sure. Right? So that's a positive to really be aware of that and people are becoming more aware of it. The universal law. Everything is interconnected. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, here's an interesting one that somebody uploaded to Facebook. Ten signs you're doing well. One, you have a roof over your head. Two, you ate today. Three, you have a good heart. Four, you wish good for others. Five, you have clean water. Six, someone cares for you. Seven, you strive to be better. Eight, you have clean clothes. Nine, you have a dream. 10, you're breathing. Yes. So gratitude. And I think people are thinking about what they're grateful for right now, given that there are other people who are in much more difficult situations in terms of this year and the disease and all that stuff, that the gratitude for you and I living in small town Canada. Well, for sure. Right? Kind of away from Mm -hmm. the hot spots. 
So we have a lot to be thankful for, and we're made aware of that every day now Mm -hmm. as the whole thing evolves and moves forward. I think that one of the really significant positives that comes out of all this, over and above general awareness, is the tolerance and compassion elements, Mm -hmm. which I think are going to be our greatest challenge going forward. It's not necessarily going to be just the effects of COVID, either on our personal health or our economy or our political system, but how we're going to treat each other. Because right now, yeah. we have very diverse camps mm-hmm. in terms of what's happening, yep. how it's going to be handled, not to lose our cool and to keep thinking of the other guy or the other woman, whoever it is, that thinks the exact opposite of what you're thinking. That's right. And give it equal weight in the sense that if you feel strongly and passionately about something, understand that a person in the opposing camp can be experiencing exactly the same thing. Yeah, in other words, play fair and be respectful mm-hmm. and acknowledge that there is truth on both sides of this issue, the two main sides right now. There's truth there to be found. Mm-hmm. And to, in a sense, be gentle. Right? Right. I mean, there's no reason to get into name calling and to slam the other people as idiots or mm-hmm. whatever. Be kind. You know, be kind mm-hmm. and be open and communicate with each other on a human level because we're all experiencing the same stress in different ways. Right, exactly. And so let's acknowledge that. And people say, you know, we're in this together and da da da, but we are in this together. We're not all seeing it in the same way but we're still struggling through as neighbors. I just thought of something as you were speaking. You know the phrase, well, things could be worse. Mm -hmm. Well, why not? Things could also be better. (laughs) Well, sure. Someone says one of the good things is that we've learned to deal with losses of significant magnitude. Yes. Knowing that better days lie ahead. Right. That speaks to your point there. So even though that there's tragedy and there's challenge, we know that we're somehow going to get through this There is a future after COVID. There is a future. I mean, we did a a podcast (laughs) from the future. That's right. So we know there's a future, at least a year. At least in our minds. In our minds, anyway. (laughs) And the world will, I think, in many ways, be a better place having gone through it. Mm -hmm. Can you think of another world event that has had as much significance as COVID has had this year in the last century? Not for the sustainment of it. We may have had moments, for example, 9-11 was pretty rough for a period of time, but I think the prolonged agony, so to speak, yeah. or the hardship, not in my lifetime that I can recall anything that lasted this long. Exactly. Right. I mean, you have to go back to the world wars. Right. We can only imagine because we weren't born at the time. Exactly. Uh, certainly. Uh, well, actually, it's funny you mentioned world wars because... I've had this discussion with you before about relevance or relativity. Yep. So we are making big deals. Not that it's not important. It is. I mean, one life is one life too many to lose. However, Mm -hmm. you were talking about a time frame, i.e. World War II, for example, where 50 to 60 million people lost their lives, more than 50% of which were civilians. Yep. When you talk about a million and a half, two million deaths in the world over a year related to COVID, Mm -hmm. it seems relatively small in comparison. Yeah. So finding perspective. Yes. Now, again, I'm not trying to minimize because Mm, it's still a tremendous loss of life. But remember, too, that when you're talking about, and we haven't reached it yet, but we probably will, 2 million lives 
over the course of a year, you know, there are 60 million people that die on this earth every year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Two million. Mm -hmm. Again, put it into perspective. Right. So address the seriousness of it. Absolutely. Do everything you can to prevent it, improve it, and so on. 100%. However, maybe adopt a little different approach in the way you communicate to the general public so that you maintain this positivity. You cannot maintain positivity if you fear monger. Yeah, sure. And it's not a matter of don't worry, be happy. Right. You get a bit of that on social media, people saying just focus elsewhere and spread the joy. And I totally agree. Spread the joy, bring light to people, care for people and all that. But it's not exactly a don't worry, be happy situation. No. We have to acknowledge that. Absolutely. Right? No. Yeah. But finding that balance between just coping and flourishing within this difficult period mm -hmm. is really what we're trying to achieve in a way, because this could extend and probably will, probably will. over the next year anyway, mm -hmm. even with the vaccine coming in, we're still going to be living under kind of restrictions right. and protocols and yada, yada, yada for the next year for sure. And you're only talking about the obvious restrictions, which are implemented through laws and, yep. and so on. What about what happens in our headspace? Uh-huh. Yeah. What's in our head extend far beyond whatever restrictions have been laid out on paper. That's right. It's going to be a while before people feel completely comfortable mm -hmm. opening up. In fact, they may not open up the same way they used to, at That's least true. not for a while. Yeah. So recognizing that social dynamics are changing. Yes. As a result. So as much as we, <laughs> in some ways long for the good old days of pre-COVID, it almost seems like it's so far in the mists of history, mm -hmm. don't you think? Time has definitely taken on a kind of distorted yeah. uh, uh, modality since this hit. It's almost too easy to forget mm -hmm. what it was like to hug your neighbor, to high-five your buddy, mm -hmm. to hug your grandpa. It's a very strange time, and it's forcing human beings to find a deeper understanding of who we are, what we're capable of. Right. So I want to read something as well yeah. regarding perspective. Okay. So imagine you were born in 1900. When you're 14, World War I begins and ends when you're 18 with 22 million dead. Soon after a global pandemic, the Spanish flu appears, killing 50 million people, and you're alive and 20 years of age. When you're 29... You survived the global economic crisis that started with the collapse of the New York Stock Exchange, causing inflation, unemployment, and famine. When you're 33 years old, the Nazis come to power. When you're 39, World War II begins and ends when you're 45 years old, with 60 million dead. In the Holocaust, 6 million Jews die. When you're 52, the Korean War begins. When you're 64, the Vietnam War begins and ends when you're 75. Oh, God. A child born in 1985 thinks yeah. his grandparents have no idea how difficult life is, but they have survived several wars and catastrophes. Today, we have all the comforts in a new world amid a new pandemic, but we complain because we need to wear masks. We complain we must stay confined to our homes, where we have food, electricity, running water, and even Netflix. None of that existed back in the day, but humanity survived those circumstances and never lost their joy of living. A small change in our perspective can generate miracles. We should be thankful that we are alive, 
We should do everything we need to do to protect and help each other. Amen. I see. Now, is that a serious amen there? Amen. (laughs) It's a serious amen because you're right. Of course, you know, we've been through worse. In uh, comparison, this is a a walk in the park, right? Even though with the tragedy and the loss of several million lives, in comparison, this is a walk in the park. And so stop your complaining and wear your mask, right? right? I get that. Of course, I do want to add at this point that I don't mean any insensitivity to anyone because it's easy to have these kinds of discussions when you haven't encountered a direct and personal loss. Of course, yes. Uh, Backseat drivers, armchair quarterbacks and all that. On the other hand, we do have an obligation as citizens to speak out when we feel something is going off the rails Mm -hmm. in terms of government action, etc. And the positive side is that more and more people are feeling free to speak out and say, something's off here. We need to shift gears now that we know more about the virus than we did before. Mm -hmm. We need to find a more targeted approach, all of these different possibilities for dealing with the situation. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's fine. I think it's good that there are all these voices piping in. As much as people complain about the cacophony of all of these social media threads and videos and Facebook and all this stuff, The positive side is the more ideas you can generate and the more mixing of ideas you get, you're going to find some creative solutions that haven't been thought of before. Mm -hmm. And that's really important when you're dealing with a pandemic that seems so like a blanket on our lives. And as a close to those listening who are grandparents, Mm -hmm. I say this speaking from personal experience that this situation closes out as soon as possible and we get back to some level of normalcy because the connection with grandchildren is a very important one for both sides. Yes, absolutely. So let's wish the best for all of us through the next numbers of months. Yep. And we'll touch base with what's happened in a few podcasts probably and uh, carry on trying to be positive, trying to cope in a way which is not destructive of mental health or physical health. Exactly. And look after ourselves and each other. Mm-hmm. And on that note, the next podcast, we'll have a little bit of light entertainment as well. We're going to recap on the entire year. Yes, we're going to look back at various episodes and the highlights and the fun parts and just get some perspective on the year past in this studio, what's happened here, because we've done a lot of mulling over. One of our listeners has said and enjoyed the mulling of things, because that's what we do here. We mull and we converse and we throw out ideas and we get silly or whatever, but it's a conversation, folks, and we're inviting you in. So feel free to comment through text or through our audio uh, recorder. We've got the button right there. You hit the landing page or you go to our contact page, just tap the button and you can record your voice right away. And hi to all you folks in India and places far afield who are tuning in for the first time. Yes. We welcome your ears. And Harry, on a personal note. Yes. I want to say thanks to you too. Oh, please. Yeah. Every year we seem to gain something a little bit more. That's true. And, and it's a learning experience. We're constantly learning. Mm-hmm. And that's a great positive that I've experienced too. Learning about all kinds of things. Me we too. So yeah. it's been very positive in that way. So thank you too. Ciao, Harry. Ciao, Peter. The Sill Podcast is a Connecting Dots Media production. Available at thesillpodcast.com.